0: no idea when we started this voices series what would happen in the Middle East and in Israel a few months later I had no idea of the war and rumors of war and terrorism and terrorist attacks and genocide that our nation is not necessarily broadcasting on the news genocide on the other parts in the world which is just a sobering reminder that you and I are living in the last days We're living in the last days, and this is why I've been preaching so passionately, sweating out my clothes, trying to give us biblical intelligence versus entertaining you to spiritual death. See how we got a few claps? I know. The reason I've been preaching so hard... And trying to give you biblical intelligence versus entertaining you to spiritual death is because what is about to come on the earth in the next few months and the next few years, lukewarm faith won't keep you. Please hear me. Lukewarm faith won't sustain you. Casual Christianity, it won't sustain you. Ordinary Christianity, it won't sustain you. Going to the club on Saturday, then coming to church on Sunday, that won't hit anymore. The hookah bar, it won't hit anymore. The weed, it won't hit anymore. Why am I preaching like this? I must have missed y'all. The hookah bar, it won't hit anymore. There is coming a time on the earth that you will either be sold out or sell out. Period. I understand fully why I was born. 30 plus years ago when my mother on April the 28th was pushing in agony me into the birth room. I understand why I was born. My purpose is to be one of the many voices of the kingdom in the days of the great falling away. That's why I was born. That's why I have warm blood flowing through my veins is to be one of the many kingdom voices in the days of a great falling away. And that is already happening. We saw with the pandemic, and what is about to happen is there about to be a mass exodus in many churches that aren't saying anything, that are telling you you're going to get a house in. It's your season. There's about to be a mass exodus in churches that do not preach the gospel, and then there's going to be a mass infiltration of houses having Bible studies, small groups having Bible studies. We won't have enough overflows. we won't have enough overflows because people are gonna want to know what in the world is going on, where is God, what does this mean, is this prophecy being fulfilled? I'm telling you prophetically, God is about to allow a destabilization to hit everything you thought was stable. Talk Holy Spirit. Weather will destabilize. Governments will destabilize. Whatever you think that you have outside of Jesus, he's going to allow it to destabilize to show you that the only stabilizing factor that you have is me. It's not in your security system. It's not in your 9mm. It's not in your forty-five. It's not in your root root, wild or your pitbull trying to protect you. The safest place that you and I could ever be is in the will of God. Had no idea what would happen in our world in just a few weeks when we started this Voices series. So, simply put, playtime is over. I gotta know God's voice. Settling season is over. I feel this. I gotta know God's voice. Compromise is over. I gotta know God's voice. Somebody say, I gotta know it. So, Father, in this moment, we come before you thanking you for allowing us to see another day a day that we never saw before and a day that we will never see again for the gift of life we simply say thank you God we're praying for peace in Jerusalem and the Middle East we're praying that you comfort all of those who have lost loved ones we understand that as we get closer and closer to the end these things have to happen But let us not lose faith. Let us be on the sold out spectrum more than the sell out. Thank you that conviction is sweet to those who desire to get closer to you. Anoint my lips to be the PA system, the soundtrack of heaven. I understand all of the study means absolutely nothing if you aren't magnified, if you aren't glorified. We're asking God that you breathe on our encounter. We don't want just a service. We want your presence. We're asking that you do it. And everybody who agrees to that prayer will just shout in the room, amen. Amen. Are y'all ready for this? (laughs) I had no idea that this series is not just a spiritual academic. It's spiritually prophetic. As we, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, begin to inaugurate and initiate the continuation of our Voices series We've been in this thing for some weeks. (laughs) As we continue this conversation, I must admit I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased because this word on the day, like out of every sermon in this series, this one on today is going to hit different. Because you and I must exercise extreme caution and be careful who we lease our ear to when we are vulnerable say it one more time. You and I must exercise extreme caution and be very careful who we are leasing our ear to when we are vulnerable. It can be hazardous, deleterious, harmful, downright life-wrecking to extend your ear to the wrong voice when you're vulnerable, when you're wounded, When you're being tested, who has access to your ear when you're tired? Who has access to your ear when you're exhausted? Who has access to your ear when you get good news? Because if you give the good news to the wrong voice, the wrong voice can vandalize you of joy from the good news. Because what the enemy loves to do is for you to get a blessing but not feel blessed because something vandalized the joy from the blessing. Who has your ear When you get good news, who has your ear When you're overwhelmed Who has access to your ear When you're horny Y'all not talking to me Who has access to your ear When you're about to make a destiny decision Who has access to your ear When you feel like quitting And you're calling them because you don't know If you can stay married to the person that you're married to Who has access to your ear When your singleness is feeling like a prison Who has access to your ears When you're about to give birth To what God put on the inside of you Please hear me. Be careful with who's trying to lend a hand while you're trying to give birth. Hear me. And giving birth is a vulnerable position. This is so good, y'all. Giving birth is a vulnerable position. Any ladies in the room ever had a baby? Just raise your hand. You had a baby. Okay. Any brothers, have you ever been in the delivery room while she's having a baby? Okay. Those of us who haven't seen it, man. <laughs> One of the most vulnerable positions a woman could ever be in is when she is about to give birth to life. Everything is exposed, it's messy, it's bloody. Some things I've never seen before, I'm like, my God. Some husbands pass out, some husbands throw up, sometimes while she's pushing she throws up, sometimes while she's pushing she boo-boos, it's a very, (laughs) no cap, it's a very vulnerable position, but I tell you, every woman who has ever had a baby wants to know the person who is extending a hand to try to grab my child has some experience has some wisdom giving birth is a vulnerable position and as our world is experiencing birth pains somebody caught it as our world is experiencing birth pains Jesus told us Matthew chapter 24 verse 6 he says you will hear of wars And rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Birth Pains as our world is experiencing birth pains and giving birth is a vulnerable position. See, you probably didn't know this, but everybody under the sound of my voice is pregnant, men too. (laughs) All of us are pregnant with purpose. The only reason that you are still alive right now, please hear me for those who battle with suicidal thoughts, the only reason that you are alive is because you have a purpose. The reason you have a pulse is because God still has a plan. The reason that you are still in the land of the living is because you have a purpose. Everybody, under the sound of my voice overflow and watching online, everybody is pregnant. And if we were to give a name to our child, I think the best appropriate name would be destiny. (laughs) All of us are pregnant with the destiny. Therefore, you must be careful when you're feeling vulnerable with your destiny. This is so good, y'all. You don't want the wrong hands trying to help you give birth to your destiny. You don't want the wrong voices in your ear when you're trying to give birth to destiny. I'm gonna put my foot on the gas a little further so that you could greater understand what I'm attempting to articulate. In 1847 through 1850, Dr. Ignaz Samuise was puzzled. This is him, he was puzzled because he was wondering how in the world are five out of 1,000 women having deliveries at home And with midwives, they are having a successful pregnancy delivery experience. Only five women out of a thousand would pass away. But the top tier hospitals are experiencing death 10 to 20 times higher than somebody who's having a baby at home or that has a midwife. So this is puzzling to him on why is this happening and how are they dying? It was something called Childbed Fever. Childbed Fever. It would have mothers experience raging fever, immunating pus pus that was coming from the birth canal, abscess in the abdomen that would show up 24 hours after the baby was born, and within 48 hours the mother would die. And this, this epidemic of Childbed Fever was so great that Dr. Samuel Wise was losing a third of his patients. And so expecting mothers got terrified. They started to call this the doctor's plague. Whatever those doctors are doing, they're killing us. The doctor's plague. Now we understand that this is a bacteria, hemolytic streptococcus. This is a bacteria that was happening and they didn't know it back then, but he is looking and wondering, why is it all of these women keep on dying? And so the top-tier doctors, the top-tier professionals, the, doc- the top-tier experts and surgeons, they started to perform autopsies to try to figure out what is the cause of death? Why are these women dying? So Dr. Samuels is looking and he's wondering, hmm, I'm noticing that the hospitals that don't have an autopsy ward are having a higher success rate than those that do. And so everybody, medical students, doctors, everybody, people flying in, this is a true story. Research it. He's really trying to figure out why in Europe and America, a third of all of his expecting mothers would die. And as they're doing these autopsies and trying to figure out what's going on, a woman's water would break. And they would rush and they would go to the delivery room and help this woman have her baby. And then doctor samuel got it. I know what's happening. The same doctors and the same nurses that are performing the autopsy are the exact same doctors that are trying to help these women give birth. So they're taking the bacteria of a dead thing. They're taking the bacteria of a dead thing and putting it inside the womb of a live thing. You better be careful who is trying to touch your baby when you're about to give birth to what God put on the inside of you. It's possible that your friends are extending bacteria. They're extending deadly bacteria with their playlists. They're extending deadly bacteria with their drink. Y'all don't want to talk to me. They're extending deadly bacteria by inviting you to happy hour. They're giving deadly bacteria mass as advice. And he noticed we aren't washing our hands. We are touching the dead and then trying to help what's living. Just like some of us are in Christ, still trying to touch the dead thing. Still trying to touch the dead thing. But we're praying for God to give us ease as we're giving birth to the live thing. And Dr. Samuel said, listen, we must start washing our hands. We must start washing off that which has died. Before we try to help somebody give birth to that which is alive. See, for them it was washing their hands. But for us, we're washed in the blood. See, but it's not just the blood that we need. We also need the word. The washing of the water through the word. Be careful who's trying to extend their hand to you. When you're trying to give birth to obedience. Why do you have them in your bed when you're trying to give birth to obedience? That's not your spouse. It's going to get tight up in here for about the next three minutes. I know that you can protect your housing development by locking the doors at night. But do you know how to protect your destiny? That's the God-given purpose that you and I are supposed to give birth to while we're here in time. I know that you can protect your wealth you put it in a banking institution you have a debit card with a pin that nobody knows about face ID or touch ID I know that you can protect your wealth but do you know how to protect your destiny that is your God given purpose that you're supposed to give birth to while you're in time I know that you can protect your phone y'all should look at the neighbor on the left on the right and look how thick their phone case is Some of us have privacy screen protectors. Oh, what would my generation look like if we protected our soul like we protect our phones? You got passwords, private tabs, screen protectors. What if we charged our spirit as much as we charge our phone? You will run if you got 1%, but we can't get you to run to Jesus when tempted. Talk, Holy Spirit. Talk. Talk. You got backup charges. How many of us have a charger in your car? You have one in your purse? You won't let your phone die, but you will let your spirit die. First thing you ask around your friends, you got a phone charger? You got a phone charger? What, what, what's your Wi-Fi? You got a phone charger? Man, my phone's about to die. My phone's about to die. And I bet the Holy Spirit is like your relationship is dying. Your intimacy is dying. Your passion is dying. Your devotion is dying. Your worship is dying. Your praise is dying. I know that you can protect all these natural things, but do you know how to protect your destiny? Are you surrounded by people who have unwashed spirits? Hmm. When you don't know how to protect your destiny, by default, is to invite spiritual graffiti. Anybody can mark on your piece. All it takes is one text. Anybody can mark on your passion all it takes is one person cutting you off on 290 anybody can. anybody can mark up on your focus Some of us, you know what your stress is. That's your spirit man asking how long are they gonna have access to us? (laughs) How long are they gonna continue to have access to us how long because you are allowing stress to live in your heart and your sanity is paying rent? How long? How long are you going to let them stress you out until you hit block? How long are you going to allow this to stress you out until you hit unfollow? You can choose who you follow. How about follow Jesus in real life? I told you about two minutes. That was a little longer. I know. So so he understood, I'm having death because infected, bacteria-stained hands are trying to help somebody in a vulnerable position. I was talking to my barber about this yesterday. He said, bro, that's so real. Cause me and my wife got into it and I normally don't do this, but I called and was speaking to my mama about it. Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> she was saying stuff, well, just leave, just do this baby. And he was like, no, nah, cause if, if I were talking to you, you wouldn't have said that. You would have said, what did you do, bro? You got to be patient, love your wife like Christ of the church. He was like, yeah, it's important who you talk to when you're upset. Because most of the time, your flesh will try to find people who agree with you. Can't say amen, say ouch. If the shoe fits, tighten the shoelaces. I want to speak around this thought from this subject. I'm vulnerable right now. I'm vulnerable right now. I'm about to give birth to obedience. I'm vulnerable right now. I'm about to give birth to surrender. I'm vulnerable right now. Can we talk family? Y'all didn't say nothing. Let me ask y'all. Can we talk family? Some of us have been mislabeling the inducing of God as a bad day. Some of us have been mislabeling. I'm just in a rough season. 2023 has been hard. (laughs) Somebody said facts. Yes. Yes. This has been hard. Or is it God inducing you? Because you have gotten comfortable in that which was supposed to be seasonal. If I didn't, Cause you to be uncomfortable You will never change So I had to allow conditions Oh I'm talking to somebody I had to allow conditions To get so uncomfortable Because that was going to make you pray That was going to make you come to worship That was going to make you seek my face You're not experiencing a bad day This is God inducing you This is God inducing you Because what I have put on the inside of you Has to come out Let me say it the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me during sermon prep this week. You have parked in places that you have been ordained to pass through. Talk, Lord. You are parking in places that you have been anointed to pass through. You are building tabernacles where you're supposed to build tents. Your marriage wasn't supposed to park there. It was supposed to just pass through. Your mind wasn't supposed to park there. It was supposed to just pass through. You weren't supposed to allow your heart to get stuck on that offendedness. Forgiveness and emotional intelligence (laughs) was supposed to help you pass through. You weren't supposed to die in the wilderness. You were supposed to just pass through. I had to induce you. Because if I didn't you would never change Just like my doctor had to induce my wife When Melody wasn't coming out to around 40 weeks She says she has gotten comfortable In what sustained her for a season But it won't sustain her anymore It's actually limiting her So I have to induce I have to break your water So that she could break out of where she is in And experience a new dimension And what God is telling a lot of us You have gotten comfortable So your brook has to dry up it has to dry up. It has to dry up. This is not just a bad day. This is me inducing you. A generation has to hear your obedience. Induce. There's a platform I need you to be on so that they can hear my glory and see my glory. Induce. There's a family cycle that you have to break. Induce. There's a pattern that you have to break. Induce. Induce. I made your brook dry up on purpose. Do you have Bible to cooperate your claim? Yes, I do. Come here, Elijah. I told you to go brook Cherith but later I dried up the brook because if I didn't dry up the brook you never would have asked the widow what's in her house if I didn't dry up the brook, you never would have had the showdown on Mount Carmel. If I didn't dry up the brook, you never would have passed the baton onto Elisha. If I didn't dry up your brook, you wouldn't have got caught up due to a fiery chariot to heaven. So I had to dry up your brook to get you to come out. Some of us, God is calling you out. That's why you're so uncomfortable. And when you are in this uncomfortable place, this vulnerable place, Be careful who is in your ear. Because hear me, healing is not just about your routines. It's also about the space you try to heal in. If you try to heal in the same atmosphere that you got sick, you will experience a relapse and then end up blaming God. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna show y'all this in scripture where y'all can see it. But before we do this, I want everybody to say this. It's confession time. It's confession time. Everybody watching, I want you to put this in the room in all caps. Can I get us to say this? I refuse, I refuse to let wrong voices, our dirty hands, dirty hands have, access have access to my destiny. I'm protecting this. I'm protecting One more time. I refuse. I refuse To let wrong voices, our dirty hands, have access to my destiny. I'm protecting this. Everybody hit your stomach. I'm protecting this. I didn't hear the clap. Say, I'm protecting this. What God put in your belly, protect it. You don't need to be talking to her 2, 3 in the morning. That's not protecting what God put in your bosom. Get him out your ear while you're vulnerable. Talking about I'm so lonely in my single season. They're going to contaminate what God is preparing to send you because you're about to settle for the right now versus the right one. (laughs) Protect this. Protect this. this. This biblical principle and biblical wisdom on being intentional with who you allow to have access To you, when vulnerable, can be seen all throughout the life and ministry of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus had this life intelligence where he was intentional on who he would allow around him when he's vulnerable. Y'all don't believe me. Okay, let me go ahead and show you the Bible. All right. Got several scriptures I want you to see. Mark chapter 9, verse 2. Mark chapter 9, verse 2. It says, after six days, Jesus took everybody. Stop the Bible. I'm sorry, I'm missing glasses. <laughs> Jesus took all the disciples. Peter. Jesus took Peter, James, and John hmm, with him, and led him let them up a high mountain. So this is a high moment. Where they were all alone, there he was transfigured before them. Okay. Luke chapter 8, verse 49, it says, While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed when he arrived at the house of Jairus he let everyone in that's not what your Bible says what's wrong with my eyes he he let all the disciples in is that what your Bible says y'all not talking to me is that what your Bible says I want y'all to read because a lot of people are getting deceived by the faith because they don't have pastors that teach you how to read the Bible for yourself and so when I say things you'll say amen and it's not biblical so pay attention to what I'm telling you. He took everybody in the house. No. No, no. He did not let anyone go in with him. He didn't let anyone go in. You're trying to go into a new season. He didn't let just anyone go in with him except there the amigos are again. <laughs> Peter, John, and James And the child's father and mother. Okay, all right. Uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 32. It says, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took all of them. Oh, y'all read your Bible. Praise God. (laughs) He told his disciples, Y'all sit here and pray, but he took Peter, them dudes again. Peter, James, and John, along with him, watch this family. He leaves one group right here. He takes another group over here, and while he's there, look what happens. He began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Not around all of them, but a few of them. My soul... Is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Who is he talking to? He said to them, Peter, James, and John, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. This same particular scenario in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 44, notice what happens when Jesus is under so much distress. Verse 44 in Luke chapter 22, verse 44, it says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweats became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I taught us this before. This is a medical condition called hermodidrosis. It's when you are under so much stress that you begin to sweat blood. There have been studies of EMTs who have rescued, well, not rescued, but took a a boy who drowned in an apartment pool from the bottom of the pool. When they pulled him out the water, sweat was coming down his forehead in the form of blood. He must have been screaming with so much agony under that water that he experienced hermoneidrosis. Jesus is showing me something that rocked me all week long. I've been tripping over this since Tuesday. He knew who to bleed in front of privately before he bleeded for everybody publicly. He's fully God and fully man and he knows who I can show my humanity to. I know who to show my human side to. Everybody else, if I showed them this part, they might be like, I thought he was the Messiah. I thought he was the the King of glory. They only know the God part of me. But these few, I could show the humanity side of me. You better be careful where you bleed. Somebody's probably like, You better preach, sir. (laughs) This is why I don't do church now. This is why I'm only watching you online. Because the last pastor I had, I bled in front of them, and they took advantage of me. You are right. Preach. And I want to challenge your perspective because wolves love blood. Watch out. There will be false prophets among you who come dressed in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Wolves love blood. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe this is why certain ministries prey on the herding. Not P-R-A. P-R-E. Because wolves love blood. I'm sitting here looking at this text, and I'm like, man, this is so powerful. Because remember, when you are giving birth, you're vulnerable. And there is no way you can have birth without the shedding of blood. Jesus is about to shed his blood, which is going to allow us to experience a rebirth. I hope y'all get this. I hope y'all get this. When a mother is birthing her child, there is bloodshed. Jesus is birthing obedience, so there is bloodshed, so we can be the children of Yahweh. He was obedient until the cross. Death He was obedient, but he was careful when he had to be obedient who he allowed to see him vulnerable. Some of us, the reason you're so disobedient is because the people you're telling that you need to be obedient to. God is telling me to do this. You're telling the disobedient about how you need to be obedient. You're trying to seek advice from the disobedient about you being obedient? Well, girl, what you think? You think I should stop having sex with him? What you think? She got like 40 bodies under the, how many bodies she caught trying to tell you, well, girl, you know, you know, every godly man got a test drive. You know. Brothers the same way too, but brothers are a little different. Brothers want to have a a high body count, but want her to have a low one. (laughs) Make it make sense. That's a whole other sermon. Hold on. whole other sermon. That wasn't my notes. Let me get back. He's careful, look, look y'all. He's careful with who he's allowing to see the vulnerable. At his high moments, mountaintop, he's intentional with who has access to him. At his difficult, anguishing moments, he's intentional with who has access to him. It's like, Andrew, I love you, but you don't have access, bruh. Thomas, I love you, You don't have access. Judas, you know I love you, but you surely don't. (laughs) Y'all laughing, but we letting Judas see us bleed. And then you wonder why when they make you bleed more, what was wrong? What happened? That's Judas. You wash their feet, but you don't allow them to be with you in the Garden of of Gethsemane because they're not one that will help you or understand your humanity. They prey on it. If you study the life of Judas, I'm sitting there thinking when this woman came in, and was anointing Jesus' feet. He was like, Judas said, why why didn't we sell this to the poor? <laughs> this, be, this could be for somebody else. And he was a thief the whole time. <laughs> because Judas can't stand the, the fragrance of praise being poured on anybody else but himself. <laughs> when he was going to Jairus' house, he didn't let just anybody come in. He says, okay, I need a certain group of people to come in here. Watch this. If you want that to get up, certain things have to get out. I hope y'all are getting this. A truth that is not articulated enough is when you follow Jesus, it comes with the breakup. Stop trying to keep your ex and Jesus. It don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. When you come to Jesus, it is always followed by a breakup. When your relationship with God changes, your relationship with sin changes. When your relationship with God changes, the way you view people changes. What you're silent on changes. We cannot be a fearful church and expect to assist in leading a fearless generation. We can't. It is always followed by a breakup. Somebody say breakup. Break up. <clears throat> break up. The porn, I got to break up with it. The weed, I got to break up with it. I know you don't want to, but Jesus is not cool with you having idols and him. Stop staying in contact with your ex. It's amazing. We would want loyalty, and we would not want our new lover to stay in contact with their ex, but we want Jesus, our new lover, to be cool, with us staying in contact with our ex-idols. You don't need to get high anymore. I'm the most high. I'm better than that. Your high is your attempt trying to run from a reality that is painful that you're trying to escape. Come to me, all who are tired. My high is better than that. I'm trying to get us to see that Jesus is intentional even before he does miracles. With who he allows in the room because when you follow Jesus it will always be followed by a breakup by a breakup by a breakup pastor you don't understand no I do understand you want Jesus and them it's okay for you to fight for someone who you love but it's not okay for you to fight for someone to love you Mm -mm. you got that twisted that rejection issues See, I'm I'm really going to deal with this in 2024, this rejection, because I'm like, man, do you know the premise of our faith is all about rejection? Jesus came to his people, and the chief cornerstone, the builders, rejected. He was rejected, and we're stuck because we're rejected. If the world hates you, keep in mind they hated me first. But this is the beauty of the gospel. In the end, the rejected get accepted. But if you're accepted by those who got rejected... Y'all don't want to talk to me. Like, listen, I, I could only be vulnerable with Peter, James, and John. So I began to study these dudes. Okay, wh- what was it about those three? Anybody wanted to know that? Like, what, why, the, why not Andrew? Why not Bartholomew? Why, why not Thomas? Peter, James, and John. And I begin to remember, John is the beloved. Jesus looked... John is kind of like, every time he describes himself in his, in his epistle, he keeps on saying, the one who Jesus loved. Yeah. <laughs> like, right here, John chapter 13, verse 23. It says, John, it says, one of them, the disciples whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to his disciples and asked which one he means because Jesus had just told them somebody's going to betray me. Then John, leaning back against Jesus. Certain translations say, leaning on Jesus' breast. You have to be close to a dude to lean on his chest. I say, hey. (laughs) I know it ain't me. (laughs) Which one of these heifers going (laughs) to? Leaning, like you got to be close to a dude. Nothing kinky about it. If Warren leans back on my chest, cool. It's my brother-in-law. I ain't got no problem. Just what's up? You know, Torrance does it. We brothers. Somebody else, I don't know you, bruh. I love Jesus. The bad, 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 bad. You know? He was close enough. Jesus laying next to him. He could lean on his chest. Because John is the brother who loves. Now, James is all about Character building. If you read the epistle of James, it starts off by talking about you, you need to be strong when you're going through trials and temptations. James chapter 2 speaks about favoritism and faith without works is dead. Then James chapter 3, he's talking about taming the tongue and there shouldn't be bitter water and sweet water coming from the same well. You shouldn't be blessing and cursing people out. That's not Christ like. He's a character. Something about his personality, Jesus referred to the to, to these two brothers as the sons of thunder. James didn't play. They went to a town that didn't receive them. He went to Jesus and said, "Hey, let's call fire to come down from heaven and burn up the town." They don't want to obey us?" <laughs> J- Jesus is like, "Son of thunder, listen. I come to save lives, not destroy them So James is all about that character building. James chapter 1 verse 2 starts off. Consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. He's a builder of your faith. Now, my boy Peter, though. <laughs> Peter stays strapped. <clears throat> Peter was like, <clears throat> y'all going to arrest Jesus? Okay, <laughs> bet. <laughs> bet, I got your back. What we about to do? Who said what? They don't, you know what I'm gonna do? Start walking like this. <laughs> Peter was about that life until he saw Jesus getting beat. <laughs> then he was like, I don't bleep and know him. I told you, I don't bleep and mess with him. After Jesus rose from the dead, Peter's that rock. He's that rock. Well, listen, okay, uh, you lied to us, Ananias. Y- y'all lying. Both of y'all going to drop dead. Peter is a protector. I want y'all to see this, this, this chart because I'm looking at the people that Jesus chose to share his most intimate moments with. Peter, James, John. Watch this, y'all. He has a brother who loves, a brother who builds, and a brother who protects. This is so good, y'all. When you're vulnerable, your John is going to love you. Bro, you know I got you, man. It's going to be okay. John, he has that gift of mercy. Just like, man, I got you. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking about all of these people. The famous, most famous scripture in Christendom John 3.16. Yeah. For God so loved the world. So John is a lover. I, I want you all to identify three voices of God. Then Carl, put the trot back on in a second. I want you all to identify this because this is going to help you. Three voices of God. The directional voice of God. The cautioning voice of God. And the comforting voice of God. I want you all to get this. The directional voice of God. The cautioning voice of God and the comforting voice of God. Okay? Somebody say it with me. Directional voice of God, cautioning voice of God, and comforting voice of God. Okay, your directional voice of God, now you can put the chart back up, Carl. The directional voice of God is when God is giving you instructions and directions about your future and your calling. One of my other pastor friends, Darius Daniels, he said this a few weeks ago. Was so powerful. He says, God gives you just enough to secure your yes. Ooh. He doesn't tell you everything because if he told you everything, you'd be like, I ain't doing that, God. Nope. <laughs> nope. He gives you just enough directions and information to secure your yes. Because if we be honest, if we knew everything that would come with walking with Jesus, a lot of us would say no but he gives you just enough to secure your yes. Your your James, this is the person that's most likely going to give you directions. Hey, bro, this is how you need to manage your budget. They're probably kind of firm. Okay, last month we dealt with this. We right here again. Remember, son of thunder. This is what we need to do. See, the beauty about a Peter, a James, and a John is they all have different gifts. See, I believe this is why God gave us all different gifts so that you would need people. You don't have all the gifts. We're many members of one body. So God makes sure you're a pinky so that you have to have an index finger. You're an index finger because you got to have a wrist. You're a wrist because you have to have a forearm. If you had all of it, you wouldn't need nobody. (laughs) So he gives all of us different gifts so that we all can complete the body. So stop saying, I'm good alone. You're just a pinky, ma'am. You're just a pinky. Well, yeah, Pastor, ski wheat. You remember in college? No. No, I'm not talking about that. You are incomplete without the body. You only got some gifts, but you don't have all the gifts. Your your James is the person that's going to be direct. So now it makes sense why God really, really causes for us to all need each other. Hear me, this also makes sense why the devil wants you to be isolated. Because you'll only be a pinky, and it's hard to fight back when all you have is a pinky. Directional voice of God. The cautioning voice of God Is when God warns you. So for those who are like, man, I I really want to know if God is warning me, peace will be absent. See, even when it looks bad, he will give you peace that surpasses your understanding. So it don't make sense why I have peace when it's God. When it's not God, the biggest red flag he gives is the absence of his peace. And so we will start to feel an unsettling, a uneasiness in our soul. This like me, I'm never, I never was a good liar, ever. My son Jay has it. He'll do something bad. I'm like, did you do it? Yes. <laughs> and he'll be like, well, well, what happened? What happened? Wait, Dad, listen. What happened? Just, just, just tell the truth. Me, if I start lying, I'll, I'll start sweating all hard. My hands get all clammy. My voice starts cracking. I just... <laughs> just not just not me it's the cautioning voice of god this is going to be your peter your peter prove it okay first peter chapter 2 verse 11 dear friends i warn you look how he's writing i warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul first peter chapter 5 verse 8 be alert are y'all catching this? I love when the Bible compliments its own self. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. To devour. So Peter is going to probably speak to you the voice of cautioning. Now, he about that life, though, so you got to be careful with Peter. Because Peter like, listen, we going to pray? We going to remain in Christ-like character? But if they try something, though... Somebody say cautioning Cautioning. All right now John is he's He's just that comforting And so now I'm looking like Man this is so brilliant I'm vulnerable With brothers who love me I'm vulnerable With brothers who build me up And I'm vulnerable With those who protect me What if those where your like that was your standard before you get vulnerable. Before I listen to their voice, do they love me? Before I listen to them, do they build me? Before I listen, do they have a resume of protecting me, or do they always tell me what I want to hear? Do they take advantage of me? Because if they constantly take advantage of me, you might be talking to Judas. Looking at the brilliance of Jesus and who he is vulnerable with can help you hear the voice of God clearer when you are vulnerable. Now, these next few points are going to mess you up, okay? So, what do you do when you're vulnerable? Number one, understand the power of transparency. Did y'all? Online. You should see how quiet it is in here. (laughs) You must understand the power of transparency. When you are giving birth, that's your most vulnerable moment. But you have to be okay with allowing certain people in the room while you're giving birth. At our hospital, it was just me. Only person could be in the room is the husband, the daddy. That was it. And I'm holding Tanisha's hand. Telling her, thank you so much for giving me another son. How are you feeling? I'm rubbing her head, saying, thank you so much. I start talking about different things. And they're like, oh, that's that's so sweet. Keep talking to her. Keep talking to her. Because I know it's painful, but the voice in her ear is helping her get through it. Pictures were taken, never posted them. That's just for me and her. This is a, I don't want the world to see this. But we will capture and remember this moment. So Josiah, anytime you ever talk back, look at this picture, bro. We <laughs> must understand the power of transparency. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 it says, share each other's burdens. Whoa. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. You can't share a burden we don't know. I'm just going through a lot. I bet you are with your alone self. (laughs) I bet you are with your isolated self. You love football. Can't wait to watch the game. Have you noticed when they hurt, they have somebody holding them off the field? Why are you trying to limp on your own? The body is an army. I know you're a soldier, but you are a part of an army. Stop trying to fight against villages as a soldier. Go as a platoon. Yes. Understand the power of transparency. This is really going to mess us up. Number two, find a community. Watch this. You can't find Peter, James, and John without being around other disciples. Make it make sense. If they're 12, if you only have one, You can't be around any other disciples if you're cutting off everybody. Our cutoff game is so strong, you're cutting Peter, James, and John too. I I just don't do people. Okay, well, people are going to be doing you. Because when you're vulnerable, you can't fight back well. But when you have a Peter who has your back, when you have a John that says, hey, that's out of character, bro. I mean, James, that's out of character, bro. When you have a John who's loving you, there's a well roundedness of you being a follower of Jesus. But you can't find Peter, James, and John without being around disciples. So, everybody who only does online, I understand people claim this to be their church, I understand, but you need a community. You don't have Peter, James, and John just watching me. You don't. You only are receiving the gift of teaching. That I have that I'm giving into you so that you can grow. But you need a Christian community so that when I'm not there, you have a Peter, James, and John. You can't call me. You need a Peter, James, and John where you can call. And wisdom is knowing when you're vulnerable and which one to call. I need to hit up John. I don't need to, I don't need to hit up. I don't need to hit up James right now because I abused the relationship. I don't need him talking about okay, we taming the tongue. I need John. Man, God, I love you, bro. I need that right now. That's wisdom. Find a community. Number three, let no sin have secrecy. Talk Holy Spirit. No sin. No sin. And if it were me, if I'm struggling with a sin, I'm going to go to John first. I'm going to go to John. He's going to love me, but he's also going to tell me, okay, also understand Jesus died for that, and that separates us. His tone's is a little different. That, that separates us, okay? So life is harder when we're trying to do things the world's way. You, you talk to James, this shouldn't be. <laughs> this shouldn't be. Okay? You talk to Peter, he's like, listen, you're going to have to watch out for the devil, man. Be on your guard. Be alert. We're not confused about the wiles of the enemy. But I need all three. You struggle so much because nobody knows you're struggling so much. Nobody knows. So, John doesn't have a chance to love you through it. James doesn't have a chance to build you through it. And Peter doesn't have a chance to protect you through it. And so, what many people do, you put all that weight on the pastor. When pastor has many sheep to look after. Yes, I can help you, but you need more than Sunday. You need more than this. Life on life is Peter, James, and John walking through it with you. I'm going to walk through it with you and wash your feet, but I'm sure there's stuff you're going to tell John that you won't tell me. Last point, number four, discover constant God. Conduits, Constant God conduits. Break that down. You constantly hear a word from God through this person. Constantly. It just happens a lot. That's what, that's what makes you join a local church. Like when people say things like, Pastor, I promise you read my messages, my emails. How did you know? It's because God is showing you where you grow. He's showing you your kingdom family. You will get edified here. Every every sermon, voices, planted, trap, all of them touching you. This is your family. Because they speak to you in the areas you need to grow. Constant God conduit. You know that homegirl don't constantly speak the language of God? You know that. And you know when you don't want to hear godly wisdom, you call her. Let's tell the truth. Remember, transparency, the power of it. You call her. When you know the God conduit, call him. Reach out to him. Because it's dangerous for you to try to give birth when the wrong voice is in your ear. And this brilliance that Jesus is showing us, even the king of glory was intentional with vulnerable moments. Why aren't we? If Jesus, Jesus needed it, why don't we? And this right here is a compass. Where am I vulnerable? James, Peter, John. I don't have them. Get in community. Because you can't find them without being around other disciples. Was this good? This good? Yeah. I think one of the most critical moments of my life was when my mom, and my dad, they told me, two critical moments. We're gonna give you a service, 2019. I had enough wisdom then to know not to post it. I promise, Peter, James, and John is not on Instagram. Facebook, You're telling a God instruction to the world Jesus didn't allow the world in the garden of Gethsemane. He allowed his disciples, but he said, I'm overwhelmed to three. And you're going to tell Facebook, I'm overwhelmed? (laughs) That's not the place you bleed. That's not the place you bleed. I want you to have a service. I didn't say anything. I came in here immediately, and I began to pray. And it wasn't thou art the holiest. I was, God, this ain't going to work. That's how I talk to God. I don't don't do the thou art the... This ain't going to work. Why would you give me the back end of the stick? I'm supposed to do this? Then I listened to my wife. Jerry, why don't you just try it? My sister was more like Peter. Let's go, bro. Let's go. Jerry, people, they're going to get blessed. Come on. We got you. What if I would have took that to Thomas or Judas? You wouldn't be here. You are sitting in the wisdom of making sure I use my vulnerable moment to the right source. other moment was when I married my wife. I asked my parents about it. They knew what I was going to do. I knew I was going to be a pastor. So they were able to speak from an unbiased perspective. They were able to speak from a destiny perspective. You are asking people in disobedience about what to do with your destiny? You want to talk to somebody who's walking in destiny steps because it's going to be hard for you to take destiny steps with dysfunctional people. I'm trying to give y'all wisdom, family. God, please help us to not allow this word to be a flash fireword I pray for healing for everybody who doesn't want to do life and doesn't want to do community because of the trauma that they've experienced from other places help them recognize a bad representation isn't the whole view of Christianity the same way like if a bad singer sings one of our favorite songs we don't blame the artist Help us to stop blaming you for bad, represent- for bad representation. Show us our community, our Peter, James, and John. God, we will not have a stillborn destiny. Give us the strength to push through the pain, push through the comments, push through the critics, and give birth to what you put on, side, on the inside of us. We're asking that you do it in Jesus' name. And everybody who greets that prayer, would you say, Amen. 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 Amen.